Hey folks, and welcome to the Daily Ratings Podcast. It's a show where each week we'll sit down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on the latest movies he's been watching, both older films and new releases. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review of the movie, share some thoughts, and of course, then rate the film. The Daily Ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. On today's show, Vince will be rating and reviewing... We have The Equalizer, The Equalizer 2, and we have newly released The Equalizer 3, all directed by Antoine Fuqua. So, it's going to be a great equalizing show, folks. Uh, Stay tuned and enjoy. Mr. Vincent Daly, how we doing, buddy? <laughs> Tommy boy, how's it going? It's a lot of Denzel this week. A lot of Denzel. Almost, <laughs> almost critical too much Denzel. <laughs> These Equalizer movies have always been uh, not a bugaboo with me, mm. but always a little bit of a, I don't know, the black sheep. You know, kind of the ugly middle stepchild almost, or whatever <laughs> you call it. Of action movies coming out at the time. Of action movies coming out at the time, and also, I would say, Denzel. I see Denzel in these roles, and mm. I don't, it's just like, ah. Too good. He's too good for it. He's exactly right. He's too good for it. My only experience with these films came uh, randomly one weekend. It was kind of on in the background. I was paying attention to it, and I was getting – it was late. Sure. I was getting really angry at how much (laughs) I found out I was hating Equalizer 2. Oh, okay. It was Equalizer 2. Yeah, and I just thought because there was a second one, I could have – I just assumed it was better at being a movie and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which, Which it wasn't. And I didn't watch the whole thing, so um, we were talking beforehand and everything like that. I, I kept it a secret. I watched one and two. Oh, okay. So, okay. <laughs> so you won't be alone on this one. <laughs> right, right. Well, folks, we were, we were saying beforehand, uh, even though it's only three movies, boy, these these films, <laughs> a little bit of pulling teeth. You're pulling uh, teeth for you. Yeah, I just, for me, it was how identical these three movies are. Mm. And as that kind of plays into my note process, how much I was finding there was just overlap every every film I was just saying the same thing so so just heads heads up uh, I, I've sectioned some of my critiques across all three so there's definitely overlap I mean there's 100% overlap in the sense that it's all about Denzel it's his show yeah, yeah. Uh, to the point that it, action itself even falls short of Denzel you know Denzel is the <laughs> the, the golden child the, the golden idol the crown jewel that these these films go after but they'll definitely be overlapping as as is the case with these kind of franchise episodes that we do yeah and I will say I think people are you know we're only doing three episodes this week mm-hmm. and I think as we're approaching our hundredth episode the hundy is around the corner mm. I think I don't know I was talking Vin and I have been talking about it off podcast. A lot of open dialogue we sometimes just do on the show, but we're trying to get a feel for what does the next 100 look like. Yeah. And we think, look, we have three equalizers out, and it just kind of makes sense. Yeah. These are what people are going to be interested anyway. Sure. So we might be a little bit, we'll still have a lot of weeks we're doing five films, Mm -hmm. because that's kind of still what we do. It's in our blood a little bit. Mm -hmm. But when a week like this comes out, folks, we think about it just being more 
poignant, more kind of to the point. Yeah. This is what maybe people are actually looking forward to this sure. week. Yeah. And it can kind of make things a little bit. We were very, it's been a very busy past couple months. So I like that we only did three. Mm-hmm. I just want to make a note also. Last week, last week, this was all you since I won the, the bet. <laughs> Right, as the, far the, as the haunted mansion bet, right? How much haunted mansion? I got closer <laughs> to ha- how much it was going to make, so I get to pick a movie. And I said, I think about Major League. Yeah, I'm now in the camp of we're going to do Major League, and then you jumped off and said, "Well, three, yeah, two. Why we had only planned on doing three equalizers, and you're like, maybe I'll just do the other two. Maybe I'll do, do both of them. Throw one. I'm glad you didn't. I'm thinking we're going to push our the the bet movie. Yeah. to episode 100, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be on the Hundy episode, folks, and we are going to do Major League. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm very excited for it. Yeah. So I can't wait for that. But otherwise, uh, three equalizers, it's pretty straightforward. They come out in 2014, 2018, 2023, same director. Mm, yes. And like you said, it's all about Denzel. Yeah. Uh, for, for a little bit, this maybe was going to be a Fuqua director study. But besides Training Day, and I get it, it's Training Day. I mean, right. that's an iconic Denzel role. Yeah. Besides that, I was like, what else are we going to cover? So we have not done him in the past? No, the no. The name familiar. Uh, yeah, definitely familiar, but uh, more so familiar probably just because there are big studio movies, big, okay. uh, big Sony movies. Yeah, so. All right, so let's get into it right away, folks. We are going back to 2014. This is The Equalizer, and this is pre-John Wick, as you and I got <laughs> torched online. That's uh, my first as, note. As it, <laughs> that's great. That has, Mind read in time. Why don't we get into it a little bit? The Equalizer. <laughs> let's get in why we got torched. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, folks, uh, let us start off by saying uh, people didn't like my opinions on this movie in the John Wick episode. Um, the clip where I run down uh, the copycats is actually one of the few videos online that actually gets hate on my opinions. And I say bring it on. I'm only going to get hotter the with hate my is takes. Nice. The, yeah. the the hate is nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm old. you have entrenched me uh, in my opinions and my hot takes. But however, I will say I will adjust. I will amend my takes slightly. <laughs> uh, I called this a copycat when technically it came out a few months earlier than Wick One. So I want to start off the episode, and especially now watching these and having these three movies under my belt, uh, I want to kind of adjust our focus to what genre and tone-wise this movie is, and it's more of an actor-driven action film that was popularized at the turn of the decade. Uh, 2008's Taken showed us that your dad could be badass too. Yeah. Wouldn't you know it? Your dad, he could be badass as well. Everyone could be badass in an action movie. (laughs) And introduced this kind of sub-genre of old dude action uh, off of an iconic performance from Qui-Gon Jinn. I mean, uh, Liam Neeson. So... (laughs) Um, this was a revitalizing breath for old Hollywood faces, primarily from the 80s, and all the studio really needed was a recognizable face to slap together an action film. Hell, later this month, we will cover the Expendable movies, which absolutely can kind of be seen in a similar face, a space as well as just a a Hall of Fame of these old action heads now getting one last rodeo yeah. for an action movie. I think I would put those in a little bit two different camps, mm-hmm. between Equalizer and what that's going for, oh, right. as, as far as Expendables. Right, two, de- right. two definitely different camps. Yeah. But the whole, like you just said, your dad can be badass too. Yeah. That This was also a show before Queen Latifah show. No way. Yeah, I think it was. How are you, how are you I, I learned about the Queen Latifah show. How are you still <laughs> introducing him to me more Equalizer lore? I could have sw- sworn that Equalizer was a show already. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, don't, I don't think it, it, it did anything 
amazing. Obviously, it's not that well known. <laughs> right, yeah, not that's know it. not even remotely on but my radar. But the, the idea of the show, I think, was already a thing. Oh, okay, And then okay. they brought Denzel in. Interesting. I don't know if the original show was like, hey, your dad can also be. <laughs> right. The rules are loose as Queen Latifah is now <laughs> our equalizer for the most part. Right, your mom can be badass. <laughs> so, but yeah, it definitely... I don't know if this film gets made without Taken. Mm, exactly. And, and and that's what I think people were upset online about that. Uh, uh, yes, this film is a copycat. Is it a copycat of John Wick? Not until later on in the series. Uh, so uh, for this early one, um, definitely off of the wave of Taken that is coming out, uh, I believe um, the third one is coming out in the same year as uh, 2014. Uh, this was released. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, even in that montage, you, you listed off a, a lot of copycats that actually are copycats. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe this one we were off by a few months. Um, and by the way, the TV show, 1985, Four Seasons. Oh, wow. Yeah, it had four 85. seasons. Some names, some not names. Interesting, in it. interesting. I, I'm actually kind of curious about that. But either way, the point I'm trying to make here, folks, is that my man Denzel Washington is without a doubt – you know, one one of the best actors to be put on screen. Simply put, he is too good for this shit, folks. You know, yes, his history with this director goes back to Training Day in 2001. Fantastic. Uh, yes, Denzel gets a lot of his own personality in the script and is without a doubt, like, 100% why you want to see Denzel from minor yeah. face expressions to, so uh, to just how it. he delivers lines to just a cool factor. Uh, but without him, the franchise is nothing. Uh, I would say there is not one supporting aspect in this movie that can stand on its own. And maybe that's not saying much with blockbusters, but it's why Equalizer is getting smoked compared to other action films, in my opinion. Yeah, it sh- shocks me that there's three of them. <laughs> it shocks me that they rebirthed the TV show right. after like this between two and three. After there the must second have been third. some super fans. Fuqua was was all about this apparently. Now, so. and I also will say. On Denzel, I do think that these quality of films are below him. Denzel totally goes on kind of a kick-ass spree, though. He does Man on Fire, mm. which I actually think is, is a good movie. Oh, okay. We should definitely return to it. Sure, Also, sure. Dakota Fanning is in it. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, We might want to return to that one because he does... This isn't crazy atypical for him during this period. Mm. Um, this like early ish two thousands, and then going to the Equalizer. Yeah, yep. he has this bit of strain in him. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's Denzel and only Denzel. <laughs> it's right, and, and and that's really my uh, if if I, folks we can wrap it up early. My thoughts on all three of these movies all boil down to the fact that Denzel is great and one hundred percent steals the show in his own movie. Uh, but there's nothing else supporting it. Uh, most notably, action. I don't think there are support structures to... If you strip Denzel away from this movie, you would still call it a good movie, no less a good action movie, and I don't think that's the case with that without Denzel. I agree. I think Denzel carries it as much as he can. Mm. This first film, just it, it just shocked me with how kind of boring it is. Yeah, and Denzel yeah. can only be as good as, as what the content is, the material is. Yeah, I think yeah. the material isn't good. Right. And it's, I think it's, the script, it's, it's, it leaves room for him to give his his own personality to the performance. You know, it's, yeah. it, it feels very Denzel, you know. I think uh, it's, I still think it's lackluster Denzel, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's got <laughs> nothing to work with. It's I just, want to tally at the end of the episode of how many Denzels <laughs> that we say. Yes, <laughs> 
And are we going all over the place? I feel like it's almost like we're talking about one long movie because it's kind of what this is. Uh, right. They're very identical. So, but on that note, why don't I get into some summary of Equalizer 1? Okay, okay. Um, in the Equalizer, we follow Denzel <laughs> as a quiet, peaceful man. He lives an unassuming life, works at Home Depot, particularly well-read, super friendly, and totally not a super assassin killing machine. <laughs> uh, he is a pillar of his community, and I really mean that. I mean, if there's anything to the credit of uh, of these films uh, as these kind of like gory rated R dad action movies uh, is that he really is just like a good dude. Upstanding yeah. citizen, uh, <laughs> for sure. Um, he helps strangers achieve their dreams uh, and all while being a badass vigilante stopping all sorts of bad guys you know your super dad stuff this this kind of this, this this dad action film he gets involved with an escort played by uh, Chloe Grace Moretz um, yeah. no 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 i think you're good yeah um an escort trying to kind of help her get out of the streets and that stumbles into the russian mob or rather they stumble into the equalizer uh, this is um, really a modern version, and Tom, you might be the only other soul on planet Earth that will get where I'm coming from, but this is the modern version of Trouble Man. Uh, the Equalizer being someone that makes things right uh, and is a kind of particularly a force of nature for justice. I like that. I yeah. had to be reminded what Trouble Man was. <laughs> right. So I'm halfway was... on board with you because <laughs> at least I know the reference points. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but, uh, you know, to the story's credit, we do see a lot of mini cases solved and clearly shown how good Denzel is. I think if there's a point of credit for that is that we're not told what how Denzel is a good person. We're shown in, in a lot of micro cases. Throughout the uh, uh, each of the yeah. each of these films, yeah, a lot so. of slow, <laughs> kind of just droning micro micro pieces, microcosms, <laughs> right, 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 little arts. Do you feel like it drags? Do you feel like honestly? I feel like we could even get more. I don't feel right. like we're getting a lot of. Oh, interesting. We get a few pieces of Denzel that that it just feels too shoveled in our face mm. and not actually him helping people or yeah. Trying to get his persona, you know, he works at the fake Home Depot, <laughs> and he's working with the guy, get a security thing. I right, just, I right. understand that we see moments with him. Uh-huh. None of them feel to have any weight or gravitas to him, hmm. to be connected with the guy, to really kind of get to know who he is, except for the fact of just like, okay, we have to get this out of the way. He's flawlessly good. He's a perfect character. Get yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, the movie's two hours and 12 minutes long. The longest I, of the bunch. And I feel that it's incredibly slow mm-hmm. and almost nothing happens mm. but just like as you just said there are things happening yeah yeah and i don't know how to co- i don't know how to put that in my head put those pieces together yeah and, and and like i said i mean listen maybe trouble man might be a bad comparison i mean it might be single digit souls on planet earth might make that connection <laughs> it's probably much more modern you know action films that you can compare it to but for me it kind of put into scope what the priorities of the film are the priorities are showing him writing wrongs equalizing uh, as the verb right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. as the action also it's priorities in making denzel cool as ice uh, you know, I think I think it really puts into scope what this franchise is about. Mainly, Denzel is a near flawless character, and every scene is designed to make him look cooler. I don't often level level the Mary Sue critique too often, just because it's kind of overused on the internet. But in this first film specifically, it is rare to see Denzel actually challenged, and I think that's where this boring feature is coming up for you. You think he's challenged? He's never challenged. Oh, by this. okay, okay. I, I feel. 
feel like I, even in these mini cases that he solves, that he makes right, he's never in a point that he's put back on his heels or he's actually confronted right. in any way. He just solves things. And sure, there's a kind of a catharsis in seeing Denzel be cool and, and just, just be a mastermind and solve everything on right. screen. But I feel like that's what was boring for me. I need to see my hero challenged a little bit. I mean, yeah, I think that there's such zero notable stands out standouts mm-hmm. except for him that he is living in a sea of milk toast genericness yeah and Denzel can only perform so good and only bring that can mm. only rise that 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 tide so much or whatever yeah yeah and with that I almost feel I'm not seeing him care mm-hmm. you know what I mean I, I I just don't think he it, it kind of feels like he's phoning it in a little bit oh really so okay. I'm not getting interesting the heart behind him and it's really tough for me to even care about the character. Mm. Like I said, I get what they're going for, but they're shoveling it in our face so much. And mm-hmm. I just and it's just a sea of, like I said, a bunch of B people yeah. with an A star. <laughs> yeah. And the A for star, sure. it's it's almost like Denzel looked around and he's like, All right, yeah. I got this. I'll quick read this. I'll read, you know, I'll read my lines two right. minutes before action goes. Right. And right. I got this. Yeah. I like Denzel. Mm-hmm. I love him. That's what I mean. That's where I started it off with. Uh that uh Denzel is great. I'm a big fan, but I think he's just too good for this. And more importantly, the film itself doesn't support Denzel. I I mean, uh, yes. I I think uh, maybe I'm running all over the place a little bit. But to your point of he needs to be challenged more, Mm -hmm. I think that might be a little bit more entertaining. Mm, I still think we're dealing with a guy kind of phoning it in a little bit. I feel like these movies are incredibly easy to make. Interesting. And that doesn't... That doesn't uh, make for a very capturing film. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think that's easy to make, plainly shot as well. I kind of uh, cut yeah. a lot of that out of my <laughs> of my some of my notes, but it really was like a boring looking film. Every, uh, absolutely, but, yeah. that's absolutely. Yeah, uh, none of it was groundbreaking in in any way. It, and we'll get into some of the action, and it just everything was lacking a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I felt mm-hmm. Denzel as well. Give him more of a challenge. Give him more of a fight. Mm. Give him more more morally gray thing. I don't know. It, it can only do so much. Right. I'm I, coming down very not positive on this. <laughs> so you, you are... <laughs> You're trying to shine some good light and bring some goodness to it, so I'm sorry if I'm cutting that down a bit. No, I mean, listen, I'm right there, man. <laughs> I'm right there as well. But I think I think that's the line is that, yeah, I think super fans of the film, if anything, those fans, uh, you know, whoever they are, yep. right, right. But they're they're out there. I mean, this is the third film for this uh, franchise. Uh, when it comes down to it, I think. When you understand the priorities of this movie is we need to make sure Denzel is as cool as possible in every single scene. You remove two elements there. You remove any element that his character can be flawed a little bit and right. that we get that salt and pepper that we always talk about. But also more specifically to an action film, Denzel is not challenged and when your character isn't challenged that's where that Mary Sue critique comes into play that he can just do anything he knows all languages I get that that's the character of the equalizer but you can still salt and pepper it in I I try my best not to say John Wick in a comparison but you look at John Wick and yes John Wick can do anything and he knows Russian and he you know he's been you know international top assassin forever but in every fight sequence he's kind of on the back end he's kind of getting injured and getting hit if anything he walks away a little bit bloody exactly and i think that is what is missing out of so much of this franchise yeah that and a whole lot that and a whole lot when it comes down (laughs) to it it's just boy these will not put you on the edge of your seat in any any way right yeah 
we'll just... <laughs> Dude's well, never walking away bloody. Yeah, he really isn't. Uh, why don't we talk? That's a good bridge to action. Uh, one aspect that separates Denzel is his ability to enter what I'm calling equalizer mode. <laughs> <laughs> he enters into this kind of like hyper awareness state. It's honestly ripped out of right uh, right out of 2009 Sherlock Holmes with uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, okay. Um, wow. And is able to slow time and formulate a plan on the spot. My critique here, folks, is I think this makes action very predictable. It really boils down to him either solving the action in two seconds by him kind of having an internal monologue close up of his eyes. He clicks right, things. you know where he's going. You're right, you're right, right. He clicks his watch on, in which case the action kind of spoils itself mm-hmm. by this presentation. Uh, or longer takedown sequences. These longer action sequences are shot closer to Predator or Batman, where action is more about violent takedowns from the shadows and him not actually, you know, if you will, being being in the action. It's not a one-on-one. He's just kind of appearing and, you know, killing someone in some way. And while we might see a lot of kills, uh, folks, which is a plus, I think across the board, the gore is a big plus in these films. Hmm. I personally found these longer action sequences to be a snore because, again, there was some sort of predictability to we know he's going to kind of assassinate or take down the bad guys in some way. Uh, through his equalizer mode, um, or again, it, it, it compounding with what we were just talking about, Tom, is that uh, it lacks challenge. Um, there's a very iconic final conf- confrontation in this first film uh, that takes place inside a Home Depot. I'm sure <laughs> you know anyone right. that works or has been in a Home Depot <laughs> uh, has uh, kind of imagined the violence of of, <laughs> of what's hanging on the walls and uh, and the rafters. But when it comes down to it, it's just. Man, you just see how these things are coming and how they're yeah. played out, and I don't find them particularly engaging. I, it no, really I, was a snore. I th- I, yes, a bit of a snoozer, a bit of a boringness, and to the point that you made earlier as well, the way it's shot, I was just naturally expecting more from the action scenes as mm. far as visual takes. Sure. I think it's the way it's edited. Mm-hmm. I have a big problem with the way the action scenes and the really? actual fighting is edited and the, okay. how the choreography is done. Yeah. I think it... It lacks coolness. I think it lacks effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Sure, I understand that there's some blood being shown and maybe some gory type of deaths. Mm. But Shock value. Right, right. Not only would I rather watch John Wick 10 times over, but almost <laughs> a lot of the other copycats as well. Yeah. I, and maybe because I don't see it approved upon because I went and wa- watched two, two of them. Yeah. <laughs> it just shocked me. It just I mean, I've heard people talk about it. He's so badass. He equalizes mm-hmm. Denzel. Don't mess mm-hmm. with Denzel. I was expecting more of a little bit more physicality, yep. some more of a back and forth. And when it comes down to it, I just think the editing was too clean. It made mm. the fighting look too clean. Mm. I just want to interject another sure. thing, too. Sure. Two things that don't add anything for me mm-hmm. is anything, like the whole watch, what he does with his watch and start it, yeah, I doesn't do anything with me. I don't understand after three movies in and, what the watch actually <laughs> does for him, but okay. And, and his OCD doesn't yeah. do anything, doesn't add anything to the right. character, and it's barely in the films. It's just like, all right, he's got some OCD. It's just it's, right. it's he's useless. Just it hyper-observant. Yeah. I it doesn't mean, matter. Yeah. I'll just put that in as well. Yeah. The, the watch doesn't do it for me at all. Right, right. <laughs> I would say the, the one big positive, just to kind of level out, because we're 100% on the same page with the action, is that the gore is, uh, I would say, a decent standout. I mean, all three of these films have no problem flexing that rated R rating. Uh, I mean, even to the point of the of the third film, I, I know you didn't watch that yeah. one, but, I mean, we open up with a lot, a lot of violence, which, 
you'd think would level things out. I don't think it does, but if you're looking for that kind of ultra gore um, to, to that action in combination maybe with A Love of Denzel, this is where that movie kind of lives in. Or okay. This, this franchise lives in, at least for kind of a soft recommendation. Our bad guys are mostly the Russian mob. John Wick, uh, and uh, <laughs> their elite hitman is playing by Martin uh, Soskas, uh, who is fairly recognizable as a face, doing a fairly decent job at being menacing. Um, the villains, I would say, are the big black eye for these ser- for this series, though, falling short of being a significant challenge, as we've talked about now pretty much uh, for all of the review. <laughs> uh, and that that challenge falling short is a byproduct of the priorities of this film being Denzel needs to be cool 100%. Mm. Uh, in Equalizer 1, these Russian gangsters have plenty of opportunity to be menacing, but lose it the moment Denzel walks in the room. And I'm not saying that Denzel doesn't need to be cool or that he's not cool. I like it. I like the character of it of, of the equalizer itself where the problem lies is that he's not challenged. The priority of making Denzel cool in every scene robs stakes and robs the threat of action sequences. On top of that as well, really my only gripe as far as uh, as far as acting goes is David Harbour might yep. have the floppiest accent work I've seen in a while in this film. <laughs> I, I mean, told you, I don't like him. Yeah, He's not as good as people think. I mean, this makes Gran Turismo look like an Oscar-winning performance. <laughs> I mean, wow, talking about Whiplash. Um, yeah, he's trying to do Boston act. Well, set in Boston. So. It's like Boston, Russian, and New York. <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, come on. No, I don't know. So, um, granted, this is maybe a little bit earlier. And, it's 2014. You know, it's only yeah, nine years ago. I, I mean, come on. I know, for real. But it's overrated. Yeah, but but Harbor was was an additional black eye to the black eye of just generic <laughs> Russian mobs. So, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Tom. Uh, we covered those two extraction movies from Netflix and I'll be the first to call them generic garbage but I'm sorry the action in those movies wiped the floor with this I don't doubt it yeah I don't doubt it wiped the floor I mean any single action sequence wiped the floor with the accumulative action sequences of this franchise I know it's just I don't know what it is yeah um, folks where I'm at with this is that you have to be 100% in it for Denzel because there's nothing else to support it the movie has one pillar one focus with no support and no buttress, we're going to go ahead and give The Equalizer 2014 a 48. Okay, 48%. No disagreement on this side of the table, Vin. That was the first time in a while that I really felt a score in my gut, and 48 was... It screamed was, it. Yeah, it, like, screamed it. Screamed 48. I don't know why, but... Um, I can't... Wow, that was a long review. That was longer than I thought. We spent on Equalizer 1. Yeah, no, 48... Man, I'm not gonna even give it. I'm not gonna give it a. Tommy two shoes. I might give like I want to watch three, and mm. I'm thinking about doing a franchise two shoes. Ooh, um, wow! I know. Fast and lo- I love it though. <laughs> fast and loose with the rules. You're showing adaptability. <laughs> I think just hearing you kind of just sum up that past five minutes. What I, I there's such lack of emotion coming mm. out of Denzel. It can only be so fun to watch him, mm. and it's not that fun to watch him. When you have generic fight scenes then, when you have generic choreography, when you have just action scenes that don't deliver in any way that you would like them yeah. to deliver, yeah, man, it, it, it's lackluster across the board. Yeah. When you really have an emotionless Denzel we're dealing with, mm-hmm. 
I don't know what they expect. I can't. I can't believe there's even two. I can't believe there's an equalizer two. <laughs> no, that's three. Yeah. But yeah, forty-eight percent. Let's let's jump right into right, it again. Right, 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 again, these are all very much gel together, so it is kind of like one long review anyway. Uh, we're jumping four years ahead. This is the equalizer two. Hey, we got a new bad guy. We have another big name. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, oh, pa- another rising star in, and- <laughs> in Pedro Pascal. So let's get into it right away. Equalizer two, set it up for us, Vin. Yeah. So, folks, it's really more the same. And, and just to lay it out straight, that's not something I'm I'm about even when I'm about the series. A right. uh, perfect example of this is John Wick two and three, which is nowhere near the heights of one and four. There's got to be something new done. There's got to be new life in it, and yeah. this one really was a wash and repeat in a lot of ways. So, uh, I'll take a moment to discuss our director, Antoine Fuqua, as by this point in 2018, Equalizer has proven successful enough to be his only franchise, no less a franchise I at know. all. Yeah. <laughs> right. same, same writing team, by the way, for all three. Yeah, yeah. Now come to think of it, now that you say about the previous uh, TV show, that makes sense a little bit more, what I was seeing with some of the writing credits, not necessarily actual. Right, sure. Because it's wank on the, the, the screen. Play, but then there's two other credits which uh, must be connected to the old. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. So I didn't look into it. Yeah. That Michael Sloan and Richard Lineheim, Lineheim are the television series creators. Okay. So really, you have Richard Wank yeah. going all the way on through. Man, I don't like this team. Then I don't like Anqua Fuqua <laughs> and this Richard guy. Yeah, I can't say it's great. <laughs> uh, back to Fuqua. You know, like many successful directors in the '90s, he started out directing music videos, and quite a lot of them. Uh, that work ethic has kept up since the nearly nearly the early 2000s, uh, directing uh, pretty much a movie every year since. So, folks, um, if you take a look at this filmography, you'll see the space that Fuqua lives in. Uh, shooter. Olympus Has Fallen, uh, The Magnificent Seven remakes. <laughs> they're all the same. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they, all. they're all the same. They're, they're all these very <laughs> studio-driven movies. <laughs> I knew I was going to get you with I, my I didn't, I didn't even look into the guy. He did those films. He huh? did all three of those films. That is the uh, least surprising thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Uh, and if you haven't seen any of them, believe me, take our word for it, folks. They live in the same space. You know, they are the same movie. Oh, my gosh. I think I think the defining aspect here is that they're all studio-driven movies. Uh, Sony and Columbia having a big play here. Uh, the, yeah, they're also one-character-driven. Mm, yes. And Shooter is Mark Wahlberg. Yep. And then definitely in the Olympus movies, we've got right, What's-His-Face um, is Mr. Cool. It's like every sure. movie with him, yeah, and you yeah, have yeah. a Mr. Cool. Absolutely, absolutely. So... That, that's just a little bit of an idea of how these movies feel, especially if you're coming fresh into this, maybe even with some idea that you say, oh, you know, I like Denzel, I might watch it. Well, that, that's, that's the type of feel of these films, very studio-driven. Uh, in Equalizer 2, we, c- we see the continuing stories of Denzel's vigilante adventures, uh, this time as a Lyft driver, of all things. <laughs> Specifically, Lyft 2, the Equalizer believes in ride sharing. <laughs> oh, big time. All things equal. Uh, more time with Papa Equalizer means more peeks into his backstory. And our main plot is seeing the Equalizer pulled back into his past life as a CIA agent due to a new string of killings. Um, I would say, uh, plot structure-wise, instead of multiple Equalizer cases, the plot really only has two larger focal points. The agency plotline takes up most of the runtime, but I really enjoyed actually a B-plot where... Denzel fathers a troubled teen getting involved with a gang, uh, with a gang, and um, it, it's.
it's it's a shame the priorities weren't reversed and and putting more emphasis on this kind of fathering role. Maybe the concern there was that it was just going to be a complete and total rewash of Equalizer One, where now this right. is only slightly a rewash. Of right, it's it's, one. it's almost like they wanted to get that feeling back. They want to let you know Denzel enjoys taking a fatherly role, yes, kind of exactly. in the community or for some for some lost soul or something right. like that. Right. I'm going to put my two cents in here, and then I'll sure, let you run with sure. it. Sure. Out of the two main plot points, I'm shocked that you liked plot oh, B with the kid. Yeah, I'm thinking this finally, this film finally has some sort of hook uh-huh. that can actually get me somewhat interested in being like, okay, Denzel, you go now, mm. you go kick some ass because you've got that hook to go kick ass. Sure, sure. How we get there, I don't like, and it takes too long. <laughs> yep, bunch of characters I don't care about. <laughs> right, yep. and also it's a little bit just like, okay, that happens. Now this is kind of connected. Why do I care about this? Yeah, but once when something happens, the hook is there, yep. and I'm in yep. for it. Again, it takes us too long to get there, and it's a bit generic as well. That being said, uh-huh. I would say two things before I go back to trashing. Two things <laughs> I like about the film then. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, one I just said. I like the hook. Okay. Okay. And there is a <laughs> lot of time dedicated, at least like a full four minutes, uh-huh. four and a half minutes uh, of just paint talk. Oh, yeah. And so being the, <laughs> being the, true. <laughs> being the house this is, painter. Oh, we got I mean, to a painting movie. I wasn't happy about <laughs> my birthday movies, film study. Oh, movie. that's great. Like, I, I didn't like what necessarily was being discussed or how yep. it was, but just, it's just like, oh, we're talking paint. He said yeah. the word primer. <laughs> got to prime it first. Got very it. basic. Yeah, very basic. And just be like, all right, um, I'm down with that. That's great. Other than that, that kid plot, man, I, I understand. You weren't about it. No. Interesting. Okay. See, what action scenes are really happening? Uh, Well, that's why I kind of enjoyed it. It didn't even Uh, bother with action. Oh right. Okay. So (laughs) changing the. Uh, It it was kind of changing the formula at least. Okay. Uh, And I'm with you. I I I think there was greater stakes with tying it to the agency, but. uh, at the same time, I'm I'm with you. Hook may be good, not about the line, not about where we lead with the after the hook. Right. So. Oh, it's, the hook is good. It takes us too long to get there. And no. I'll, I'll bring up another thing of too. It, it's too much. Besides those positive things, mm-hmm. and besides the pain thing, there's only one positive thing. The plot is somewhat there. We have somewhat of a actual baddie in Pedro Pascal, kind mm. of. Sure. But that being said, a protagonist to be working against. That being said, it is so much of the same beats as one. Mm. It's almost more disappointing. Yeah. Because it's just like, what are you guys doing? Yep. The slow parts are still really slow. I still think Denzel's phoning it in a little bit. Mm, I, I don't see a lot of emotion from the guy. Some of the dialogue back and forth between him and the young guy that he's trying to yes. be with and a little specifically, bit. Specifically, there's that one scene in that stairwell that I was like, ooh, this is some Denzel magic. But right. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it's tough for me to say magic, but a little bit. Yeah, if yeah. anything, I would say them in the kitchen together a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's about it, and the and just the action again. It's the same kind of action where it's just like, oh my god, do I like one better? I think I might like one better. <laughs> wow! Um, because at least in the confines of a Home Depot, we're moving quicker and things can just happen. At sure. the end, it's just like, all right, we're in, a, you know, we're in a typhoon, and I don't oh. know, in this abandoned town, and like, this is our big conclusion. <laughs> yeah. So so many of beats. Interesting set piece, but not used particularly. Great. No, and, and just how we get there is just dumb and. <laughs> So where I feel like we have a better setup, we might have a more of a richer plot we can delve into. Uh, it never actually hits in any type of way. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. It. I'm really conflicted. Is it better? Is it worse? Because there's elements that are better. Mm. But in ways, it's so similar to one that it's even more disappointing. It has no right to be that bad in the bad parts. Mm. Um, I'll just... I don't know what it means. I don't know if this is the most racist thing ever said in a movie. Oh, boy. Or if it's something that I'm missing. <laughs> oh, boy. So to your point, this young kid that he is trying to take under his wing a little yes, bit. Yes, yes. Comes over to his apartment at one yep. point. And here's how the following lines go. Oh, boy. 
uh, can I get you something to drink? Do you want water or iced tea? And he goes, <laughs> he goes, what am I, Jackie Chan or something? Oh, yeah, with the tea line. What was that? that? Okay. <laughs> what I didn't was understand that? What I didn't was. understand that either. Well, water or iced tea? What, what do, do I, I look, look like, Jackie Chan? <laughs> Like, I, was, I was like, excuse me? What does that even mean? And, I, and what am I missing? Uh, yeah. And then he gives him an empty glass so he can get his own water. And I'm like, what is going on here? To the point where I, I was like, I don't think he said that. Maybe I heard it wrong. Maybe I'm no, getting tired. I caught the same thing. Before he came over today, I watched that same yeah, scene again. I'm like, sure. what am I, Jackie Chan? It's, like, it's what not even this? a good insult. It's like, it's, it's iced tea he's talking Why about. Why is that like... even a line in the movie? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Everyone's phoning it in now. That's so great. Anyway, go ahead. I'm glad you... I, I'm glad you made a point of that because I I had the same experience of just like wait what like, usually I, I I at least can kind of get it but what yeah so I, not great not great I think my observation though with the story structure is that you have in Equalizer one a lot of mini beats mini arcs with these problems that he's solving right, the, the right. trouble man aspect to it uh, where now it's pretty much just a b uh, which I. I think is simpler, maybe a little bit more predictable to your point, uh, and a little bit more of a letdown, but I feel like it creates a tiny bit more impactful storytelling. I mean, we're no, really splitting hairs here. No, but... the plot is better. The plot yeah. is better, but the problem is there's still so many slow moments. There's mm. still so many times one-on-one with Denzel mm-hmm. where I'm bored. Yeah. I'm still bored. Plot yeah. better, still bored. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, after a film where you, you would maybe you could write some of the wrongs from mm-hmm. film one, it's frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I will say uh, I kind of enjoyed the how little the startup time was needed to get to some of the action. Uh, we all know what it is here already. Uh, Denzel is going to give you some friendly advice and then snap your middle school bully's neck. Uh, that's, that's pretty much how it goes. And I would say for that reason, my gut feeling said that pacing was better than one. But then again, I don't know. Because now now that you're saying it, I remember so many moments that he's just in his apartment and nothing is going on. In the apartment or scenes are going to maybe a bit too long. Yeah, He has scenes with... Do you think it's a better pace film? Because of it? It's tough to, honestly, it's tough to say that. They're weird. They're, it's different. This is the one where he's with the old guy looking at the pictures. Yes. Right? Yeah, on the yeah. beach. I'm, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know. Because he's got, yeah, it's, it's the Uber contacts. Or, I'm sorry, the Lyft. Uh, right. He's right. driving all the people. Lyft. I, I, man, I don't know. I, I, I just feel so similar about both of them. It's yeah. tough for me to split that hair, actually. Sure. sure. Yeah. But I, I think equally, this emphasis on backstory is, is the cause for these scene slowdowns because. Though we get to the action maybe a, a touch earlier than the cat and mouse that happens with Equalizer 1 mm-hmm. of not really showing you know who he is just yet. Um, when it comes down to this, it's like, well, now we need to exchange those scenes with somber scenes of him reflecting on his wife, his past, yep. you know. Yep. Uh, and they're never done enough to actually, again challenge Denzel as 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 an actor. Yeah, he's never challenged. Uh, I don't feel any big emotion in these scenes. I don't feel that um, you know these somber, moody tones are anything but expedition exposition dumps. So, um, I and think in scenes where you wanted some emotion from him, yeah, there was available material for him to be emotional. Yeah, same yeah. thing. Absolutely. Uh, if there's one easy fix for the first film, it would be a better villain. And while connecting things to the agency is nothing special, especially for 2018, uh, I think 2018, I could be wrong. I'm going off the off script here. Yeah. But 
is isn't that girl in the spider's web uh for the girl the dragon tattoo series and isn't that as well specter 2018 um, all that have agency boogeymans uh, as 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 villains well, don't forget Fallout comes out. Right, Agency Boogeyman. <laughs> oh my God, it's something about 2018. Yeah, Spider uh, Web comes out in uh, in 2018. Yeah, yeah. So nothing special. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> oh, you know, half and half uh, half baked compliment, but it's still probably my favorite villains out of the three films. Um, since this deals with more sophisticated uh, threats, I think it does translate to a slightly better stakes. Uh, but I also think it's how Denzel is challenged in the plot uh, because this removes some, some of the invincibility he had from the first one, but it's really only some. I would still levy the, levy the, uh, the Mary Sue uh, critique towards it. Sadly, there is a fumble where it matters most, and that is action scenes are a good bit worse. Uh, and that really wasn't the selling point of the first film. So <laughs> it's already a little bit worse. Uh, this once again earns its rating with some solid gore, but fight choreography is honestly a joke, folks. Really weak stuff. Uh, a great example is any choking moves in which they look so fake and so clearly not putting anyone in danger. Um, it, it's really, It really took me out of it. What sucks is that it's so obvious it's not Denzel in any scene. They could have just made the action better. Like many, like a lot of these action shots are waist and below. If you noticed, um, I thought he was doing his all st- his own stunts. No, I don't think so uh, oh because they gosh. have a huge stunt team on this. Because uh, you know, I oh, there's barely any stunts to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I this these these waist and below action shots. Maybe this even compounds with some of the editing critique that you had before, Tom. Right, right. It just feels disconnected. And and honestly, if it's waist and below, I mean, maybe to the point of being silly and and having Denzel move faster than he actually does on screen when he's it's actually him. But like, you could have put anyone there. You could have you could have put a kung fu master on screen, and it would have it would have worked, I, I, and the action would have you know been elevated because of it. I so. think even more to my point yeah. about the editing. I, he does all his own stunts. No. Yeah. I just looked it really? up again too. Yeah. I could have sworn there was a there was a stunt double for Denzel. Let me just say that Washington was not only willing to get dirty and perform his own stunts, <laughs> but he often had to be stopped for his own safety. <laughs> you can you can so say that again. <laughs> you can say that again. Um there I don't know. I yeah. don't know. There you go. Well, either way, uh, I think it's no mystery looking at both the stunt and fight coordinators on these films, uh, which certainly while they have a lot of credits, uh, are really any none of them are really notable in any way. Just like the first one, what matters is Denzel, and at least in half the runtime, I would say Denzel does bring it a little bit more than Equalizer 1. We get some really good scenes with them, especially around that youth case. Um, one in particular, I think, really captured that Denzel magic, but it's all on his back again with no support. We're going to go ahead and give The Equalizer 2, 2018, a 53. Okay, 53. Wow, just was able to get up above, huh? Just <laughs> yeah. a little bit. I think. I think, uh, unlike Equalizer One, this movie could be like a background watch a little bit more and be a little bit more acceptable. But I watched it in the background. This is when, I, <laughs> and so my, I was like, well, let's give it another try. 
And then I did. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, no, this is exactly as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> right, Very so disappointing. Kind of in, just getting from um, no, uh, most of In so many ways. I think, you're being, I think you're being kind to these films. Really? Uh, thank God I didn't put shoes to these. <laughs> I, was, I almost gave two. I almost gave this film a, a shoe rating. Wow. And it, I think I was flirting with a zero shoe or wow. one shoe potentially. That's wow. how low I'm at. Don't, don't care enough for it. I'm yeah. interested in watching three and giving the franchise a shoe. Okay. Interesting. But I like that. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, folks, before we get to the new film that just came out, we just want to remind you guys that we are going off the value for value model. So, hey, we're on episode 98 here. Some of you have been along with us since the very beginning. Some of you have just been coming on. We can certainly see it by the numbers. So, basically, how we do it is... Are you finding value in the podcast or on the website or the newsletter? Are you having a good time listening to us every week and basically in, enjoying the podcast? Are we making you laugh? Are we getting more engaged with film? Are you into movies more than what you were before listening to us? And also, are you making your own movie list? Are you kind of following along with us and having mm. a good time? That's value in your pocket. The idea is, can you put some value back in our pocket? And that's through monetary support. So you go to the dailyratings.com, you go to the donations tab, and through your monetary support, you show us what kind of value you're getting. There's uh, some set donations and one-time donations, things like that, a monthly or a weekly, but there's also that value for value button on there. Basically, you go ahead and click that, and it's whatever you want, whether it's $3.30, or the most random number you can think of. If it means something to you, if it's the, it's the amount of value you're getting, we understand that $5 to person A is different than person B and C. You know, So we don't have paywalls. It's all out there for you. We also have no advertisers. And that's the point. We didn't start the whole value for value model, but uh, we're certainly using it for you because the last thing that we want to be doing is saying, it's starting to pitch in your underwear or starting to pitch your Helix oh, mattresses yeah. or something like, oh. There was one I heard recently too. I was like, there is no way this just... person actually supports this product. Right, exactly. This product. And it stops the po- I mean, we stopped the podcast here and the idea is, by the way, when you donate, we consider you a producer of the daily ratings because sure. you're actually producing Absolutely. like what we are doing here. When you do that, you can write in a note along with your donation, and this is when we read it. We read it right here on the podcast. So if you have questions for us, we're going to answer them right here. If you have comments or critiques or you want to give us some hate, we, we that's totally fine. <laughs> right. if, if you're sending value our way, we're going to listen and we're going to read what you have to say. So it's also a little bit of benefit, too. It opens up a dialogue with you. Um, it might sound like an ad pitch. It's really not. We're just trying to get people kind of starting to understand what yep. the whole value for value thing is. Another way to produce as well, please tell somebody about it. So... Uh, if there's somebody talking about films, if there's someone bitching about Rotten Tomatoes, that's yeah. where we want to be. That's the conversation we want to be yeah, in. Absolutely. So if you can just give us a shout here or there, we appreciate you all so much. Go ahead and follow us on the Instagram and or TikTok or, mm. or YouTube, too. We have mm-hmm. just great short videos on there, fun, just some, uh, some of our content that uh, people have been enjoying also. So we thank you all so much. Our 100th episode is around a corner. That's around five hundred movies that Vin has sat mm-hmm. down, spent a lot of note taking on. Not to mention all this stuff before the podcast. All the films sat down and watched <laughs> all the films that Vin sat down and watched before the podcast. And we, those are a lot of those are at least are on the uh on the site. It's awesome. Visit the dailyratings.com just to take a look around or go to the d- donations tab. Uh, thank you all so so much. Don't forget your Hundy on the Hundy. And we just really appreciate all you. So, okay, Ben, let's keep things going. We are going to jump to The Equalizer 3. Some people were excited about this. It is a reunion of Denzel and Dakota Fanning, because Dakota Fanning, like mm. I said, was in Man on Fire, which did pretty well. Interesting. And I remember it being a good movie. It'd be great to go back to yeah. again sometime I in the future. I think that's a good catch. And, and honestly, with Training Day, that would have been the five spot, uh, now come to think of it. I right. don't know why I never thought of Man on Fire. Yeah, it's out there. I mean, Christopher Walking is in it as well. I think it's, it's you know, it's 2004, Denzel. It's 10 come years. Think of it. I don't know if I've seen it, actually. I'm trying to think now. 
Well, maybe in my, be in my early 2000s. <laughs> well, if we have, we have a random spot here, there would be good to there fill that go. in. There but again, go. it's kind of a, re- a reunion with these two. I like the fact that this is uh, under two hours yeah. now. But why don't we get into it right away? Uh, the Equalizer 3 VIN, set it up for us. How'd you like it? Well, <laughs> first, I got to set up this theater experience for you, Tom. Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, it really clicked for me, Tom, when I walked into the theater. I think John Wick is for the millennials. Maybe we'll see Expendables be for Gen X for so many big, big uh, old action star names. Okay. But the Equalizer is for the boomers, baby. Really? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I mean, might as well have the early word, early bird special outside no. of the theater. I swear to God. I, maybe it was the time that I went. I went on a two o'clock matinee. You know, that's not when you yeah, see. Yeah, you went it. on the holiday that when everybody has off. Right. Exactly. Wow. Uh, I mean, this was a packed, packed theater. Every seat sold. Um, I had this woman next to me making reaction noises the whole time. She goes, <laughs> she goes, mm, or she goes, mm. <laughs> she just constantly. Uh, in the opening scene, uh, there's a bunch of bodies in the vineyard, and her husband leans over and he goes, it "Seems there's an issue." <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is, sir. I'm, yeah. I'm sure there is. There was a pack of four that wandered in, arguing about seats, phone lights glaring. Uh, yeah, you know, it was like spotlights know. going on. And the wife tells him to sit down and yells at him. And you just hear, like, over the trailers are done now. It's this, the, the, this, the theater is settling. You just hear, all right, god damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, an excellent theater experience as a terrible theater experience. People bust out laughing at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was, it was ridiculous that he said it like that. Like, just like, all right, God damn, <laughs> amazing. But completely all joking right. about the generational stuff, folks. But wow, was this uh, a, a theater experience? Okay, so, all right. Maybe it was the time. I don't know. I'll, I'll take this third film now to talk about the quality of our studio. Sony and Columbia. As much as I love what Sony has been doing in uh, with animated films, particularly Spider Verse, mm-hmm. uh, since the mid two thousand tens, I really think their live action off- offering has seriously fallen off. More than anything, nearly every IP the studio puts out is designed to build a franchise or supporting existing franchises. Uh, when we do see some new films tackled, it's usually something like this year's Stinker sixty five. Mm. Which will soon be forgotten by every every person that managed to see it, myself oh my word. included. That was Sony. <laughs> God, that, that, talk about zero shoes yeah, right, right there. Right. <sighs> so uh, you know that that really puts in uh, to perspective what the magic mix is for the Equalizer as a franchise: um, one part copycat, one part bland directing, and one part studio slop. And that's that's you know. Kind of these these this composite review across <laughs> all three. In Equalizer three, we start off with a broken and beaten Denzel, which is both emotionally intense, uh, but also refreshing to see for the Invincible Man. Uh, after an operation gone bad in a vineyard smuggling drugs, the Equalizer finds himself stranded in Sicily, contemplating his life and his will to push on any further, doing more equalizing. But if there is anything Denzel does best, it is blending into his community to become a pillar of justice <laughs> and and camaraderie and neighborliness. Uh, and quickly, this Italian town falls for the charms, goodwill, and sheer killing prowess of the Equalizer. 
This taking place in Sicily, uh, he of course gets mixed up with the Italian mafia, who is making bigger moves to draw greater attention. And that greater intention specifically is pulling eyes overseas uh, with the CIA agents Denzel once called allies. Sadly, though, the agency side to this uh, and to the plot as a whole is is just a total detour of what works in the film. Mm. Once again, I found myself craving the more, you know, pillar of the community aspect, especially <laughs> in this cute little Italian town. I mean, there was there were some scenes that that kind of worked. Especially with this, just like Denzel speaking in broken Italian. I was going to say, he, is he speaking in no. dialect a lot? Yeah, certainly not a Sicilian dialect okay. either. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, but it, it, those those moments are what worked in this film. Sure. And kind of doing its own thing and having kind of a meaningful arc for the Equalizer as well. And then we just kind of get this CIA-born ultimatum type of stuff yeah, that's, yeah. that's thrown into here. So that agency side, I think it's a total distraction. What, you know, while these bigger stakes worked in that second film, I think here they're just far too disconnected. Every scene that we're being caught up on the CIA's involvement, the script comes off impossibly weak. Um, there's a card conversation with Dakota Fanning that is... I mean, it's literally all jargon. It's just like, oh, top down, sounds good. You're a go-getter. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Like, it's just like, all right. It's like, Jesus. Can we maybe write about something next time in the script? I mean, you know, the movie wants both sides. It wants a big global bad guy and an up-close mob threat to jeopardize what, what the Equalizer is building in this new town. And I really think it, it fumbles the execution by making that split. If I really wanted to be cynical here, which apparently I'm not being cynical enough, this <laughs> somehow I'm the I'm the I'm the good cop in this episode for the Equalizer series. If I really want to be cynical, it felt like they wanted to set up Dakota Fanning uh, for more sequel bait, oh. or possibly tie into the show. Maybe, yeah. You know, there's there's a whole bunch of things there. Um, I, I, what do you think about the jump to to Italy? It's a little weird. Like, why? You I know? just feel like that's. I feel like a lot of big franchises were jumping to Italy a lot. We've we've done it in we've done it in the Wicks. Then in yep. Fast Ten. Wasn't oh, that in oh Rome? Oh my god, good call. Yeah, and th- there's a lot of other stuff that was Rome. Had- You're oh, so oh, right. The new Mission Impossible, I think, was Rome. I think they got out of Paris. Oh wow! And London, I think they were they were Rome heavy, correct? Maybe we're seeing. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what it is. I don't That's know why. A good catch. I just Tom. feel like we're ending in in Italy a lot. Italy needs that that film budget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the taxes are low. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the currency is low. Um, but it just it does seem like a big jump. To me, that yeah. like what you said. Hey, we open it up in, in a vineyard, and we have like a beaten down equalizer, yeah. a beaten down Denzel. It's it's yeah. good. Give me emotion. Give me sure. something. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, and there is but one moment that we ca- see. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Even playing cards. Playing pinochle <laughs> with, with some Italians. Pinochle. I don't think they play pinochle in Sicily, <laughs> but I could be wrong. <laughs> Action-wise, I'm very happy to say it's a slight tick up, uh, considering uh, Denzel begins the story with a literal fucking cane. Uh, you know, we can say we're off to a bit of a slow start. <laughs> but if anything, it created some inventive fight scenes, further clocking, clocking up this kind of badass old guy aspect to him and to the film uh, and to the franchise. <laughs> uh, while we still may be locked into this takedown style of action, we see Denzel pull off a lot more stunts directly, which I think is much better. Not knowing that he 
did his own stunts. I was really, I'm still confused of all these waist down shots, but here there's a lot more, if you will, arms. You know, Denzel is mm. waist up now. <laughs> um, the, the, the deep dive on action. Why is it such a, I don't understand. I, right? Editing and choreography. Yeah, I think it's and the all way the it's shot. Front. I, it's just, man, what is going on with you guys? Yeah. Have you not seen a action movie? <laughs> Yeah, so true. You're on the third or one even now. What fellas. you're copycatting? Uh, I mean, yes. if anything, my <laughs> there's two takeaways from this week. One, I don't want to do franchises anymore. Two, I'm kind of <laughs> curious to watch Taken 2008 again, just to see you know how that stands up in modern days. So um, it's, that's very true. Yeah, maybe we just think about that too highly in our heads. Right, right. Maybe it's got you know the old nostalgia glasses. But uh, either way, the. The shift to more work with his arms and and waist up. Yeah, uh, if welcome anything, change. right? Yeah, yeah, welcome change. The cane as a creative device, uh. you know, for action and action piece. Uh, that's going to force Denzel to be in more creative action, and I felt like that was a uh, a slight tick. Yeah, up, I I so. feel like the big crutches there because his big thing is he doesn't ever use a gun really. Like that's his mm, mo. True, true. And I just I don't know. Do you guys not realize that you still have to do creative things? <laughs> like we know you're using your surroundings and. You got to do it like he's got to do what he's got to do. Yeah, Doesn't yeah. like using guns, whatever. But it, it's you still need to do stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel like a fan of this franchise, their counter to that would be, oh, well, the Home Depot scene is all creative, but it's not really. It's, yeah. It's like Mortal Kombat takedown. I'd like to know That's if it. there's fans out there. I'd like I, to know if there's fans out I there. Think, I mean, not that there's any slight chance they're listening to this episode, but <laughs> <laughs> I think the haters on online that we got on our video, I think they're, they're the fans. So. Good, good. Them and the free, then what? The, the elderly, too. Very good. <laughs> the elderly, yeah. <laughs> the retirement home had a little, uh, <laughs> a little day trip. <laughs> Denzel is uh, pretty entertaining uh, out of his element in Italy, uh, which is, um, you know, especially nice with this kind of broken language. Once again, they could have very, I mean, he knows multiple languages throughout the yeah. entire franchise. They yeah. could have very easily just had him speak Italian. But again, little things, I think, Fuqua is learning. Uh, of what kind of crafts a, a little bit of a better film or a little bit more of an engaging film, considering every other entry uh, or the two previous entries would just give it to him as another superpower right, of the yeah. equalizer. So it really feels like at times they just kind of sent him to this town and filled him in cop- coffee shops, like Denzel specifically. He's just kind of like wandering <laughs> around. And... He's phoning it in. He's phoning it in. It's like, Denzel, we got to do a third one. You want to go on vacation? Right, yeah. We'll do a two-month vacation it's, in Italy. It's the Adam Sandler trick. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I would say the setting here is by far our best because the the kindness of his character has – a tendency to shine a lot more in this kind of rosy Italian town. Uh, they they really are like just like all about him. <laughs> He's like a mythical creature. <laughs> um, and uh, it, you know it doesn't quite reach the heights of in my in my opinion. I know not for you, Tom, of that B plot in the second film. But having his character discover a new meaning for life in leisure, in maybe slowing things down a little bit. It was some pretty decent writing. It wasn't bad. Um, hmm. And, uh, you know, a silver lining to an otherwise, you know, very, very shoddy, shoddy <laughs> uh, franchise. <laughs> Folks, I have to be honest, and um, and I'll admit, there, there really was no reason to do homework on this franchise. And if anything, it's making me reconsider how the rest of the month is going to play out with franchises like uh, my big fat Greek wedding. Uh, I don't know if I'm exactly... <laughs> 
exactly gonna give uh, give that the full the full franchise deep dive. But it's not all a waste because I think here and my gratitude from watching these films in order, I think here the rare case uh, is that we see a franchise get better with each entry. Okay. Um, and I, I don't think there's ever been a time like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's always sequels are, are cursed by uh, as sequels. That'd be interesting to go back. Yeah. Yeah. What what actually has the the reverse the the ramp up? Mm-hmm. So, it, it, so in that sense, I don't think it's a, it was a waste of time doing the homework. Just kind of made me question, you know, how much homework I want to do and for future episodes. <laughs> I think Fuqua in this one shows a lot of growth, improves on each of the entries, and in this one specifically, I can't. Under, underestimate how solid Denzel is and how this plays into a little bit uh, of, a, of a more of a vulnerability, more of a salt and pepper to his character, which was uh, wholly absent. Again, to describe the Equalizer is a flawlessly good paragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's, there's no salt and pepper there. So uh, for me, I think this franchise might not be good enough to get what, uh, what we call on the podcast the puddle. But again, I really return back to it. If Denzel is 100% your boy, guess what? This is 100% his franchise. We're going to go ahead and give the Equalizer 3 a 58. Okay, 58. Boy, I don't know. That I, hmm. that is surprising. I didn't expect these to ramp up. Oh, yeah. And I really didn't know where you're going to land on 2. Because mm. I think 2 was telling how you enjoyed it. Did you like it worse or better? Sure. Because I'm teetering back and forth. I, yeah, really yeah. I still don't know if I can make up my mind on it. Mm. And it sounds like 3, they worked out some of the kinks, at least. It's a shame that, I don't, I don't even know. I'm glad that they rethought some things and came in with some fresh stuff. Yes, switching it so much to get him out of the country, maybe that's just what they needed. Mm. Because in two, I just felt we were in the same rut. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just need, you know, I don't know. I just thought maybe you could do action better, just be a little bit better, like have <laughs> yeah, a more yeah. of an engaging kind of person yeah. to be dealing with. But hey, if you're jumping to Italy and he's just taking care of all the pickpocketers, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> he's beating up all the mobsters. He's knocking over their Vespas. You know? <laughs> Denzel's due for a good one again. This is, I think this so. is very Denzel. He he's in a lot well, of film. To be fair, uh, his one was Macbeth. Oh uh, shit, that's right. Yeah, the, yep. the the Apple one, which he was so awesome in. Damn. So. Okay, you're right. All right. So, man, you know, maybe can, this is just you know. It's one of those yeah. smaller ones that he works on. Because I'm does, not going to hate on the guy for doing it. No, I'll be love Denzel. He'll mm-hmm. do Philadelphia. A couple, couple slow ones. Do this. A couple mm-hmm. slow ones. Do. I mean, I think. I was thinking Flight back in my mm, head. Okay. This is last kind of big. Oh, you see Denzel in that? Sure, sure. But you're yep. right, Macbeth. I just wish people made a big deal about it. Yeah, true. I gave that a very good score. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But all right, Equalizer 3, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Dakota Fanning. Queen Latifah, <laughs> be great. Can you imagine if we had the worlds combined? We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, Between I'm sure the show Tony and the movie that. franchise. Yeah. Uh, I think he's in his 60s now, though, too. Denzel. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, okay. What, what did you know? Our biggest action stars, Denzel, Tom Cruise, Keanu Reeves, all around 60 years old. <laughs> Which is pretty crazy. I don't know what that yeah. says about where we're yeah. at. Um, okay, Ben. So, and the rest of them are in equalizer form. Right. So. <laughs> Plus Megan Fox. Um, okay, so Ben, looking at the scores here, I just want to remind people again: the bet movie will be on episode 100, <laughs> which will be Major League. I yep. cannot wait. Uh, ben, looking at these scores or anything like that in the future, anything you want to touch on or roll credits here? No, I think that's good to go. Uh, and again, if you're you're uh, if you're a Denzel fan, sorry if I hurt your feelings, but <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, look at these films and, and, and think about the action to it. So, yeah, uh, in these action films. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good, folks. Remember, don't go out and be a Jackie Chan. And we enjoy you. Look- no. <laughs> 
Thanks so much uh, for listening. We will see you next week on the Daily Ratings. We have some great content coming up. Uh, Vin and I are going to be working on something, too, for the future soon. So we're so excited. The 100th episode around the corner. Thank you all so much. We'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed the podcast, if you would, give us a rating or tell a friend about us. If you're wondering if a film is worth the watch, or if you just had to see more movie ratings from Vince, be sure to stop by thedailyratings.com, where we have our ever-expanding catalog of films. Also, if you found value in the podcast or our site, become a producer and go to the Donations tab on thedailyratings.com. You can donate whatever amount of value you feel you receive from us. We're looking to build this into something large and great, folks, but don't forget we want to be independent from those corporate sponsors, so we greatly appreciate any support from you all. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast.